Welcome to Metro Charities podcast series on equalities. I am Emma Jones, Head of Insight at Metro, which gives me the privilege of delving deeper into all the work we do and chatting to colleagues across the charity who deliver services in HIV support, mental health and well-being, youth work, sexual and reproductive health, and a range of community-based projects. In this series of interviews for Black History Month 2021, we will be reflecting on race equality and equity and what it means to us as a charity. Metro champions equality as part of our central mission. This concept and its practice is pivotal to the services we provide and supporting people who have protected characteristics recognised in the Equality Act legislation. In this podcast series, staff who are Black, Asian or from another ethnic minority group will discuss their personal heritage and identity and how it intersects with the work they do at Metro to promote equality and diversity. Please join us in reflecting on the progress and barriers to race equality and equity as we celebrate Black History Month. Hi, I'm Natalie Wagstaff and I'm here today with Fina Akeji, the Manager of the Parenting Support Service for Young Greenwich. So thank you very much, Fina, for being willing to come and join me for this conversation. Awesome. You're welcome. Thank you. So, um, yeah, let's just get straight in. So let's start um, by talking a bit about your background. So tell us a little bit about where you grew up. Oh, wow. OK, I've, I've got a mixed I've got a mixed um, range of where I grew up. I was born here in the UK. And um, but when I was about six years old, my dad died. We moved back to Nigeria with my mom and my siblings. And that's where I kind of grew you know, from my little, from that age to my teenage years. I came back when I was 17 years old. And so I've had a mix of both cultures. And that's kind of, mm. that's, ki- that's kind of my background with both cultures from Africa and Europe. So mm. that's, that's where I've been. And what was it like um, coming back as a teenager, um, having grown, like started in the UK, going over to Nigeria and then coming back again? Tell us a little bit about that. It was it, it was a it was a mixed feeling because it was like coming back home, but also seeing things quite differently. Mm. Um, in Nigeria, I wasn't conscious of my race; mm. it wasn't a thing at all about my race. But here, I became conscious, like mm, I'm the only black person here, or I'm the only you know. So I became more conscious of my race when I was from from that from that age from from seventeen, and it okay. it really made a, a difference. Yeah, mm. was that the first time that you were aware of your race, or can you remember a time before that that you were aware? Mm. No, when my, when I was in nurse, you know, when I was starting out, I didn't. Everyone was just we had neighbors, you know. It was just it was just normal. I didn't. I was not aware of my race at all mm. when I was when I was much younger. Um, Yes, I had white friends, you know, and we had white neighbours and everything, but we weren't, it wasn't a thing of, oh, you're black and you're white. It wasn't, it wasn't that at all. It was mm. mostly in my teenage years that I realised, like, okay, there is, there is a difference here. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. that's really interesting. Mm. And um, so you, you came back when you were 17. Mm-hmm. What decade was that? What, what kind of that time was, period were we that talking was about? Early... Early 90s. Early 90s. Yes, early um, 90s. I've given away my age, but yeah, that was early <laughs> 90s, yes. 
yeah. And what 90s. was the sort of climate like around? And can you remember what it was like in terms of race, just generally in society at that time? Yeah, I, I think the, also again race and also the environment. I I I I, I stepped into at first. I was I was in Brixton mm. uh, with my uncle at first before I then moved out later on. And yeah, you could tell there was a there was yeah you could tell that. Yeah, there was just the, the dynamics of, of race in Brixton was quite obvious then. And that was when there was lots of talk, you know, there's lots of things about, you know, black people doing this, black people doing that, or race, you know, police um, uh, brutality on black people. All those kind of things were still kind of in the air mm. uh, and, and stuff going on at, the, at, that, at that time. Um, so, yeah, it was quite, um, it was quite obvious then. Um, yeah, and there was just something about... No one told me, but there was just something about it that just made me feel hmm, a bit less than. Mm. No one said, no one said, Fina, you should be less. But there was just something about it where you could tell that, yeah, it was just, I, I can't even put it into words. Mm. Um, but I think over the years, I started kind of getting to know who I am, that going back to, come on, Fina, who are you? You know, mm. you're not what people assume you are. Who are you as a person? Mm. And started bringing that out to the front, to the up, to the, to the front and just going, going with it. So that was how I did have a shift from my consciousness of who I am and who I am to, to the world, really, and bringing that out mm. with no apologies. Mm. That's, that's mm. great. I love Honestly. how that's yeah. really courageous, yeah. really, really yeah. courageous, particularly at that period of time. Yeah in history, we yeah. know that that was a particularly tense time. Yes. And yeah. I'm interested to know as well, so when you were in Nigeria, mm -hmm. in those years of growing up, mm -hmm. what was it like being there mm -hmm. um, in comparison yes. to being in the UK? It was, it was strange at first, but then I, I then realized that I was trying to be like them. So especially with my accent, I remember then consciously changing my accent because as kids, you want to feel among, you want to feel like you belong to the group. So when you're there talking in all like, oh, you know, I'm not sure. When you're there speaking, you know, with a British accent, you kind of feel left out. You kind of feel left out from the crowd. So you want to speak like them so that you can actually belong. So I really noticed me doing that, trying to speak like them so that I'm part of the, I'm part of the group mm. so that I don't feel left out. Because I remember that there were some other people who came from Britain as well at that time. And who people just used to kind of separate, like, oh, she's from London, just used to really separate them. So I was very mm. conscious to blend in. Um, mm. But one of the other things that I, I remember about growing up was because I was in a country where everyone was mostly, most, mostly everyone was black and people were doing well. I had uncles in great organizations, lawyers, accountants. So I had lots of role models around me that actually shaped my thinking of mm. who I could be. So it, it really played a big part in my life, mm. um, having those role models out there um, who I knew, okay, if she's doing that, that means I can do that as well. She's the same skin tone as I am mm. and she's doing great, so I can do great. So it was really embedded in me in those formative years um, in Nigeria. Mm. Yeah, And that must have been such a rich experience for oh, you, having that, um, you know, and I wonder what, what was it like when you, I mean, I've asked this mm -hmm. several times, mm -hmm. but just I'm interested in, you know, when you came back to mm. the UK then, how different was it? Because you said you, were, you had lots of positive role models 
was it the same in the UK or was it, how, how was it for you? No, it was totally different in the UK. And um, I wasn't seeing most of the people that I was seeing back then. And of course there wasn't social media, so they probably existed, but they weren't coming out in the, in the front. So we weren't seeing them. We weren't seeing them in newspapers. We weren't seeing them in the magazines. We weren't seeing them on TV. Um, it was just a few, you know, few black people that you would see on TV. And I, I, I was very conscious of that. I knew that there was something missing Maybe, you know, I just knew that there was something missing. And for me, I knew that even for my children, my future children, as of then I didn't have children, but I knew that I wanted them to see something different. I wanted my children to see something different. And just to have that diversity in front of them so that they believe, because I knew that because of what I saw growing up, that really, it really embedded in my mind and gave me that belief. Um, compared to, I was going to say another thing, but compared to one of my friends, who stayed here a bit and then moved over um, much late. No, she came, they came from Nigeria when she was much younger. And she said that that impacted her a lot in a negative way because she came at a time where she was about seven when they came here. And that was the time when there was a lot of, the racial uh, divide was more at that point. And she, she said that she thinks that her confidence in who she was was affected by that because she came in and was kind of almost made to feel less than than who she was. Um, so yeah, it it, ma it makes a difference having role models out there um, so that kids can just just that unconscious belief that you know what I can do this too. It it makes a big difference. Mm. Yeah, Thank you for sharing that about your history. Um, I'd love to know a bit more about how your career path developed. So where did you start? <laughs> ah, that's a great question because I, um, I think growing up, I, there's so many things I wanted to be growing up. I wanted to be a pilot. Can you imagine? <laughs> I wanted to be a pilot, like the first female pilot. That this, that, and when I was thinking about all the accidents that happened in, 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 with airplanes, I thought no. But I ended up being an accountant. I, um, I, I went into accountancy. I'm going to share a little secret. My friend said she wanted to be an accountant, and I just thought. Mm. And I loved maths anyway, so I thought, you know what, well, let's let's do it. I enjoyed it. I um, I I think a lot of my uh, professional experience was from that, from that career path. I, I grew. I worked in the Telegraph for quite a few years, and uh, I grew. You know, I grew up the ranks. You know, and just kind of embraced what it was. And one of the things I remember in in my in that my career path was being conscious of what I bring to the table. So it wasn't, what, it wasn't about what people told me to do. It was about what contribution could I make to make a difference in that. And I did that as well at the Telegraph. And I, I found that, that it gave me more confidence as well, that we all have something to contribute in every part, everywhere that we work. We have something to contribute that's different from even what they're offering. And so I made sure that I showed up um, with that. And that was how I continued. But as time went on, I knew that there was something more in me than just being an accountant. Being an accountant was, was, was great, but I knew I needed to make more of an impact. I remember the story of having my children see diversity, having my children see more role models. That came back as well to me um, while I was in my accounting role. And I started doing a lot of work with young people, teenagers in, in particular, um, inspiring them, motivating them, showing them images of people that are doing great different from different world, worlds of life and different races of life 
uh, because I wanted them to see the image that I didn't get to see um, at that when I was 17, 18. I needed them to see that because the teenage years is a very, very, is a very, very important stage of every every child's life. So that was how my career path shifted from accountancy to being a teens mentor and um, coach. And then realizing that mm -hmm, I'm talking to teenagers, but I need to speak to parents too, because I need parents to be on my side with what I'm inspiring teenagers with. I need parents to be able to be that person at home so that teenagers can get the whole picture and not think, oh, Fina is saying this, but when I go home, my mom or dad is saying something else. And so that was how I've come into being who I am today. Mm. Um, and it's, it's been a beautiful journey and I'm, I'm still looking for more to come. Wow, that's really, really positive and Thank great you. to hear about your kind of the arc of your story there. Um, and you kind of very neatly brought it on to the <laughs> next question, which was going to be, um, you know, just asking you a little bit, asking you to tell me a little bit about um, what it was like starting here at Metro mm. and the current work that you're doing. Yeah, I, I think for me, um, coming into Metro was like a, I, I, I can't even... I, I try to find the words to put it into because I was already doing work with parents. And this is something I was doing without it being a, a role. It wasn't a known role there, working with parents and, you know, doing all these things I was doing. Um, but it's something I enjoyed and it's something that I, I was really going for. And then when I saw the, the adverts on, on LinkedIn, actually, I was like, oh, is this, so this is actually, this exists as a role. And I went for it. And one of the, the, the first things I, I know I, I found in Metro was the supports. The support was great and it's still great. You know, that's one of, I think that's one of the, the key pillars um, at Metro that's from, from my point of view. Um, I got the support was really great because this is a new project that we're starting and we just had the right supports to just get, get, get it started. And um, yeah, the team, you know, Everybody in the organization welcomed me so, so well. And um, it, it makes a difference. I, I think it made a difference as well to how we kind of pulled things off and how we, we kind of started with the, with the role. So, yeah, great, great support. That's one thing. Mm. Lovely. And I mean, you're my boss. So, you know, we're working on this project together. Yes. And I, yeah, it's, yeah, just such a joy, isn't mm -hmm. it? Really a joy. Exactly. And, you know, off the back of that, I'd really love to know what's one of your highlights of working here oh. so far? You need to see my face like when we have sessions, like group sessions with mm -hmm. parents and they just share the little changes they made that made such a difference. I mean, goosebumps. I just, I'm just covered in goosebumps when they're talking because it's like, yes, this is what we're talking about. It makes such a difference when they make those shifts in the way they communicate to their, their teenagers, the way they, they actually even look after themselves. Oh, that, that just, it makes my day. It really makes my day just seeing that. And you could see the joy in their faces as well as they're saying it. And yeah, it's a, it's a feeling I can't even put into words. Mm. Yeah, amazing. Totally agree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just want to touch on something you said earlier when you were describing your accountancy job and yes. you were saying that you made sure you brought something to the table, you were aware yes. of what you were bringing. Yeah. What was that you felt that you were bringing to the table? What was it that was unique about you? Yes, I think one of the things that I, I realised is that, and it's, I will tell you how it's connected to race. One of the things I realised is that a lot of people, and it's, it's general, as human beings, we assume, we make assumptions, isn't it, about things. You know, if you've had 
if you've had if you worked with certain people in a, in an old place of work almost like you almost bring those assumptions to other people that you're going to work with and i knew that yes we're hearing about okay you know black people or this or or all that there's this this you know levels you know sometimes you're put at a certain level and you're not allowed to grow but i thought if i bring something different to the table then you can't challenge my growth do you see what i mean you can't challenge my growth or you can't even say uh, oh, she, she's not capable of doing this because I'm showing you that I'm capable of doing it. So I knew that I needed to go outside the box. So if this is all the things that we do as an accountant, you know, in my accountancy stuff, if this is all the things we do, what else can I bring to the table? And we had a situation where um, a company in Spain owed us some tax and this was some VAT going back to even years when I wasn't even in the organization. And I just walked I just worked hard in, in getting that money back. It was over 300,000 euros. And my boss said, okay, Fina, you take charge of this. Let's see where we can get on this. And I, and I took it. I didn't say, oh, I've never done it before. I didn't say, oh, this, how, I don't know. This is something that's happened back in history. I just went for it. I set up meetings. I you know, had meetings with the organization in Spain. And we just kept back and forth. And I kept updating my boss about it as well and things. And I think that was a turning point when we were going to get the money, the money came in. That was a turning point where it was like, okay, she kind of went outside the box. There was no procedure for her to follow, but she stepped up and did it. Mm. And I think for me, I, 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 after doing that, I knew that that is one of the things that makes that shift in any organization. Um, you've got to show up and bring to the table because we're not just eating from the table. We need to contribute to the table as well. Mm. Um, and so that was one of my one of the biggest lessons. And I've taken that lesson along with me since then. Mm. So it sounds like um, it's really important for you to be aware of the narratives yes. um, that people of color face and totally. then stepping out, you know, yeah. defying expectation, exactly. really pushing beyond that, yes. yeah. uh, not yeah. being bound by that. Yeah. And you do you do people a favor when you do that, because their assumptions are not. I won't say they're invalid because it's from an experience that they've experienced. So you want to give them a different experience. And, and that's my take to it. I want to give people a different experience from what they've experienced with other people. Mm. Yeah. Great. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. And so thinking about that, um, you know, race equality specifically, how do you think that features in the services that, you know, we deliver, you deliver? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's very obvious because we, we, we look at in the, in the things that we do in terms of, you know, looking out for parents, we are, we are, we're conscious of that. We want all parents to feel, to feel equal. We, want, we, want, we don't want parents to feel, oh, okay, these are the things that they do for these certain parents. We want, and I think for us, even being in that service as well, it makes a difference. It makes a difference that we're here to help parents. So again, we are bridging that diversity gap. We're bridging that equality gap because we're here helping parents and we're not saying, because you're black, we're going to help you. Or because you're white, we're going to help you. No, we're helping every parent. So it makes parents. And you can notice that you see parents that are even of a different race. They feel very comfortable with us because we're speaking the same language. We all want what is best for our families. It's not about what race you are or what race you're not. It's about that result that we all want together. So I think even us being in the forefront of that in that service, it's doing things. It's breaking. It's breaking. Um, it's breaking cycles there already. It's breaking cycles there already. Great, yeah. great, brilliant. Yeah. 
And then just thinking a bit more about Metro specifically, um, what hopes do you have for, or what hopes do you have for Metro being able to address race-related inequalities and inequities? I think I think for Metro, it's about being open more to conversations, and I think it's already happening because we are, we we have these conversations that are happening in the team and stuff on racial equalities. Um, and uh, and it's great that our chair as well is 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 a is a black lady. I say this because again, it's okay to talk about race, but if you're not representing the race, if you're not representing what you're talking about, then it's almost as if you're speaking on deaf ears. Mm. So if we talk about race race equality, that's great. But what in the organisation is showing that we actually we actually we're actually doing what we're saying? And if you come into the organization, it's quite, there's, there's quite a diversity um, of, of staff and people in the organization. And that's really, really important. And I think for Metro, having that in mind as they, you know, for employment, for all that stuff is really, really important. Because that would then show that the words they're speaking about equalities is that they're practicing it as well. So it's really, really important. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much. And well, just one last question for you. Yes. Um, in one or two words, what does race, equity and equality mean to you? Okay. All right. I would say it's simple. It's simply understanding each other. It's simply accepting each other. And it's simply just knowing that we all are equal, no matter what race we are. That's what it is. Great, thank you. It's been welcome. very positive and uplifted after that. Thank you so much, you Lena. Are it's been really, really lovely interviewing you. Thank, thank you. you. I feel honoured and no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the interview. And you're a great you're a great host as well. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Metro's podcast on equalities. Please join us to continue the conversation online by following us at Metro Charity on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. You can subscribe to our podcast series on your preferred app. And to find out more about our services, please visit our website, metrocharity.org.uk. Thank you.